The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Episode number... Oh, of course you're going to do this and throw me under the bus. Uh, 200 and... Yeah, you were very close. 218. <laughs> yeah, you're, that's, that's great. You gave it... I would say you gave it your Olympic, uh, your Olympic try, Holly, but you would only get a participation medal. Oh, uh, what did that be? Tin? <laughs> Maybe. That's, or aluminium. Aluminium, yeah. There you go. Uh, if you think back, Halls, uh, episode 197, we had a chance to chat with uh, Melissa Lotholtz, who was the uh, Olympic uh, medalist for bobsled and was mm-hmm. it monobob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which looks and terrifying. So- yeah, oh, throwing yourself down at a million miles an hour down a sheet of ice just doesn't sound safe. No. So we we figured with the Olympics going on and the Olympic spirit, why not talk to somebody who, uh, I, again, a sport that you and I would probably never be able to play, but we'd be able to talk to uh, Ashley Stacy about uh, rugby. Ashley, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show. We have lots of questions, but we Amazing. always like to start with this one question. Uh, skill testing but it's the hardest one you'll get. And it's who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> the hardest, I don't even know how to answer that. Um, so Ashley Stacey, um, from Lethbridge, Alberta, originally living here up here in Edmonton. Um, just kind of recently moved here, but uh, got hired on with Rugby Alberta. So working for Rugby Alberta and trying to just help promote this amazing sport that uh, I played for 15 plus years and just have an absolute passion for because it's such a great sport. And I just want to try and spread the word about it and try and get as many people involved in it as possible. So growing up in Lethbridge, was there a lot of opportunity to play rugby or I mean, how do you get involved in that sport? Because I mean, I think for girls and living in Alberta, it's kind of like, oh, you have figure skating or dance or gymnastics, which one do you yeah. want? There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Rugby is a bit of a late entry sport for for boys and for girls. I got into it in grade 10, um, kind of like introduced to it in gym class in junior high and was like, this sport is the weirdest. And (laughs) after that was like, I don't want to play this sport. This is super strange. You like you put your head where in a what called a scrum? Like, um, but uh, grade 10, one of my best friends, Danny Whitehead, her whole family played. And so she like naturally fell into the game and wanted to play. And uh, she just kind of like, drug me kicking and screaming playing this sport that I was like what is this um and I went into it kind of thinking like I'm just gonna practice I'm not actually gonna play I just want to like stay in shape and have a good time with some of my friends but I just absolutely fell in love with the sport I practiced it we had I had amazing three amazing coaches for high school who just like helped instill the love of the game for me Um, but yeah, like it is a very late entry sport. You don't typically in the past, you weren't seeing people getting into it until kind of like that high school age and even past that. Um, but in the last like 10 years, it's actually picked up quite a bit of speed and especially on the women's side, it is growing. It was one of the fastest growing women's sports in Canada. Um, and I think it being in the Olympics, that's definitely helping boost it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. getting more exposure, people are seeing it. Um, they're seeing how exciting the game is which is awesome. And we just want to keep that going. But uh, yeah, it's, it's an awesome game. I like to think of uh, hockey is to lacrosse as football is to rugby. Is that a, a fair assessment? Bit, yeah. 
A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the women's side, there's not a ton of football. The women's side for football is definitely growing, but yeah, in terms of like full contact and like high speeds and all that sort of stuff, you can definitely, you could definitely say that. I would feel that it would be more dangerous to play rugby and that you would think that there'd be more concussions than that. But my uncle who was a rugby player and represented Canada somewhere in New Zealand or Fiji or someplace that's not here. One of the islands, there's yes. probably more more concussions in football than there is in rugby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's a big topic, right? And in football they're taught to lead with their head quite a bit and I know that culture's changing a little bit because of all of the concussions and all of the talk around it, but in rugby it's amazing the way that from top down from the beginning of the sport they talk about safety and contact and and correct head placement and techniques. So uh, that's taught right from the beginning, right? When you start to learn about contact, uh, as I was saying before, like the sports becoming more well-known and kids are getting into it younger and younger. And it's awesome that we know about concussions. We know about um, the effects that they can have. And like, there's a big push to try and mitigate that as much as possible. Obviously it's a full contact sport and you can't get rid of it completely, but teaching that technique is so, so important. And so like getting your head placement right so that you're not leading with your head and keeping tight in contact so that you're not getting whiplash when you're heading to the ground. Like there's so many of those techniques that we teach in rugby that really help with trying to close the gap on that concussion front. And and because I I know soccer and I know football, rugby, this is why we're going to learn and we'll talk about all the, is, is like, I know that there's seven on seven. Is there five on five? How many are on a team? Yeah. Let me, let me tell you about it. Okay, so the original, like the mainstream version of the game is 15 versus 15. Um, and that's rugby, rugby union. And so, yeah, you have an 80 minute game. So 40 minute halves and it's 15 versus 15 on like a regular size rugby pitch. And that's the main version of the game. That's kind of like what most people, when you talk about rugby, they think about 15s. And then there's this second version, which... I should, I should know. I played quite a bit of sevens, but uh, I don't know what year, I don't know what year it was invented, but uh, there's this version called sevens and they've kind of, it's like a three V three for hockey. So it's like a condensed version. It's so it's 77 on the same size field. And uh, just think with that many less players, like there's just so much more space. Um, So it's quite a bit of a faster pace game, more high scoring, Um, And the game time is dramatically smaller. So it's seven minute half. So it's a 14 minute game versus an 80 minute game for 15s. So uh, yeah, and that's the version that the Olympics inducted into the Olympics. So when you watch the Olympics, you're watching the sevens version of rugby. And yeah, you can play out a tournament over just a couple of days versus a 15s tournament would be over a couple of weeks. So it just fit really well with the Olympic style. Nice. Yeah. When you're talking about the same size field, but less players, yeah. my heart just stopped. I'm like, I don't think my lungs could handle that. Oh, girl. <laughs> I, yeah. It, it's exhausting. It's so much fun. Like I started off the game in 15. So in grade 10, played 15s uh, up through university, provincial level, up to the national level, and um, eventually kind of slid over into the seven side. And For me, I'm one of the backs. So that would be like, I'm one of the faster, more agile players, Um, speedier, the ones who kind of like score a little bit more. Um, We can go into that if you guys want to talk about that after, but um, kind of those style of players are more fitting to the sevens version. And so when I was able to play like 
move over to the sevens version, it was just such an awesome fit for me because that was my style of game. Like I love not, I love tackling, but I love not getting tackled. Like I loved scoring. I loved being evasive. I loved, um, just that like beating somebody one-on-one aspect and in sevens that's there's so much more space so that's so much of the game and so yeah it was very fitting for me uh moving over to that sevens version you talk about the love of scoring and you given the opportunity to score then i guess a ton uh, what is the what because in football you're you're six for a touchdown you're one for an extra point what is yeah. the scoring for rugby yeah so rugby is five it's called a try so when you score it's called a try um and then two for a convert. So uh, just to give a comparison for football, football, when you cross the line, as soon as you cross any point of your body or the ball crosses the line, um, you score a touchdown. In rugby, when you cross the line, you actually have to touch the ball down with control in order to score a try. So like either two hands touching it down, reaching the ball and like scoring and like placing it with contact hand down on the ball onto the ground that's what you do in order to score a try and then wherever so in football for a convert wherever they cross the line no matter what the kick is in the middle of the post so it's an easy kick wherever you score a try wherever you touch the ball down so if you touch it down in between the posts you would kick straight out from the post whereas if you were to score like right by the sideline by the like sideline the flag you would have to come out from there so you'd be on a really hard angle in order to make the conversion so it makes it a little Mm. bit trickier in order to score your two points depending on where you score your try I kind of want to know more about your journey and how you fell in love with rugby and how you end up getting a pretty sweet uh, medal from the Olympics. So let's start with you and your introduction to rugby. You, you said you didn't like it. Your friend made you do it, but you had incredible coaches. So let's talk. Let's start there. Let's let's start in high school. How was your journey sure. into rugby? Sure. We'll go back all the way to high school. So I told you a little bit about that kind of got drug in kicking and screaming, but like I said, absolutely fell in love with the game. My first game, I think I scored four tries and just like absolutely fell in love with it. Um, All of like my attributes, I have two older brothers being able to like express that physicality. um, I loved it. And Mm -hmm. it was a way for me to um, like express my physical traits and, and it was super exciting. Um, so fast forward high school, I got recruited to play for the university of Lethbridge pronghorns. So I played five years there. Uh, and then during kind of that transition period and that time period, I also played for the provincial team. So Mm -hmm. I got selected for the U 17 Alberta team, U 19 Alberta team, and then onto the senior team. So I kind of just like I just built as much as I could. I wanted to play as much rugby as I could. And I wanted to be the best player that I could and just like climb through the ranks. Um, I wanted to be the best at every level that I was at. And like that kind of mentality helped push me through the ranks and helped me make the Canadian national team. So um, I think I was 18 and I got recruited to try out for the U19 Canada team. And played my first game wearing the maple leaf and uh, we played Wales and won and it was super exciting. I remember it was out in Cowichan Valley on the island and it, it was just such a proud moment having the maple leaf over my heart and singing the national anthem. Uh, it's like it happened yesterday. It's crazy. But uh, there's like so much has happened in between. 
but yeah. So, and then once I made that national team level, I, again, I just kind of climbed the ranks and kept going from there and played for uh, the Canadian national senior women's team in the 15s version, as well as the sevens version. Um, so kind of between like 2005 up until 2010, I focused on 15s and sevens. And then uh, after the world cup in 2010 for 15s, uh, I kind of made the switch over to sevens because that's when it was announced that the Olympics were going to hold the rugby sevens, host the rugby sevens event. And I decided that that was my goal was I wanted to make it to the Olympics. And so mm. our team actually centralized in Victoria in 2012. Um, so I did that for two years, um, part-time I was uh, in and out of Victoria for about half the year, both of those years. And then in 2014 made the move fully. Um, so I was there for about two and a half years leading up to the Olympics and just like dedicated my life to being the best rugby player that I could and representing our nation and trying to grow the sport and get more, more girls involved in it. What's it like uh, wearing a Canada uniform? What's it like representing Canada on a world stage? Oh, it's like one of the best feelings that I can, I could ever imagine. Like I said, I pulled on a Maple Leaf jersey hundreds of times and like that first one is still so special to me. I remember it was, <laughs> if there's any rugby players listening, they'll know, but like I pulled on this cotton barbarian Jersey that was like three sizes too big for me, but <laughs> it was just like the proudest moment. And like looking down and like I said, seeing the maple leaf over my heart and just knowing that I was representing a sport that I loved that I fully believe in. And that is just does so many amazing things for so many people. Um, and also like being able to represent Canada. It's, it's so neat. It's such a, such a cool experience, especially, especially once you get to like that Olympic stage where you know how many people are watching you and, and you kind of have an influence, like you, you're playing your sport that you love and you're, trying to do your absolute best to represent yourself, your family, your community and, and your nation. And there's, and you, we literally felt the love of Canadians supporting us throughout that whole journey, which was a really, really amazing experience. As a, an Olympic athlete representing Canada, is that a pressure that is negative sometimes or too much to bear? Or was that pressure just the perfect amount of fuel to get you guys to your goal. Yeah, I, I, we, I'm, I can't speak for anyone else, but for myself, like I never viewed it in a negative way. It was always like, no matter what, we know that we're going to do our absolute best and we're going to put everything we have out onto the field and to, to win and to like go through our process and make ourselves proud. And, and through that process, we know that we would make Canadians proud. So it was, it was really great being able to feel all of the support. And we got so many messages leading into the Olympics from, from mothers, from fathers, from like kids saying how excited they were to watch. And it was actually after the Olympics was even more incredible, getting more messages, just saying how inspired they were by our performance and what we did and, and how we handled ourselves and, um, yeah, I think the, the coolest thing coming out of the Olympics was getting those messages, especially from moms saying, you inspired my little girl or my little boy to want to play this sport. Mm -hmm. It was it was a very 
uh, inspiring experience hearing that from Canadian, like people who you, we didn't even know, right? Who just wanted to reach out and say thank you. Like that was that was really heartwarming. I don't want to say that there's one that's more special than the other, but I mean, you are a you're a gold medal winner, you're a silver medal winner, and you're a bronze medal winner, all at different different events, Olympics and Pan Am and World. Is there one that's more special than the other, or are they all pretty special because they all have their own unique story to it? <laughs> Do you want the truth? Yes, <laughs> the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> nothing but the truth um the olympic medal is so so special like it i feel like it trumps the other ones um pan ams was really cool because we got to play at home in toronto so like and we won alongside the men so like that experience was amazing in itself um and it was a gold medal but i think just like the fact of being on the world stage the olympics is like the highest sporting stage that you can achieve that in itself just makes it so special. And my journey to get to the Olympics was uh, a little, it was amazing. I had a great lead up to the Olympics and my, but the year before I had a a bit of a rough go. Um, And so like making the team and being there was something really special for me. So that also plays a factor in it too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I was, so why I asked you if you wanted the truth was because we won silver at uh, our sevens world cup in 2013 and losing silver sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like silver, it's an amazing, it's an, it's an amazing feat to come in second in the world. I'm like, I'm not taking that away. And yeah. I, I feel that we, like we did something very special and that was a, a huge feat for us to make it to the final. And we played New Zealand and we didn't have an amazing game. The better team won on the day, but yeah, we, we did a lot for women in rugby by coming in second, but the actual feelings of losing in the final is like not amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I always it, said that. It's, <laughs> yeah like you're one place lower, but the feelings that you get when you finish on a win and winning a bronze medal versus losing a gold medal is it's quite different. And like, I've had both and it, they're like opposite ends of the spectrum. So it's, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole like psychological element too, right? Like even though you got silver, you lost to yeah. get the silver where <laughs> you win to get a bronze. Um, yeah, and I know 100%. too, for athletes, so much of the game is also mental and being in a healthy place mentally as well as physically. And we've been seeing that a lot conversation-wise as of late in sports about athletes saying, hey, mentally, things aren't going so well. I need to take a pause. And I applaud them for being able to do that. Uh, As an athlete on the mental side of things, how did you get ready for such huge games? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like you said, you're seeing in the Olympics with Simone Biles, like Mm -hmm. the courage that it took her to do that is phenomenal. Um, and that like, when it all costs, put your body in the line at all costs, even like disregarding potential, um, future health implications. Like there, there's all those things to consider. Um, but I do consider her so strong and there are so many other athletes who are coming out and saying like how much mental health matters. It's, it's Mm. such a huge thing that we need to be talking about. And it's not even just in sport, it's across the world, which, I'm grateful that that conversation is happening Um, for myself personally, getting ready for games in regards to the mental aspect. Like it, it took a long time to develop kind of that strong mentality of like not letting the pressure get to you and uh, being ready for anything, especially 
especially when you're in a game, like when you're in a game and you go down by a score and you have only a couple of minutes left. Like, I think that's where a lot of that like mental strength comes in. Like, how do I brush off that mistake? How do I let it go and move on to the next play? Um, and that was, that was for me was developed over 15 years of playing the sport. And it's just something that you have to learn as you go and, and you need to focus on it because it is a skill. Um, like you work on your physical skills and you work on um, like skill technique and all that. And that's all so important to the game, but you can't forget about that mental side of it. And so like, how do I become stronger mentally? How do I let that mistake go? And a lot of athletes, um, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but a lot of athletes like let their head spin and they go into a spiral and then they can't kick themselves out of it and they keep playing worse throughout a game. But like being able to just let a mistake go and move on to the next thing. And like, what's the next step? What's the next process? Um, what are we focusing on now? Like, it's a lot of like mental chatter in your head of like, what's the next step. And so I did a lot of work with that in regards to my mental, my mental strength, but yeah, mm -hmm. I hope that answered your question. No, it absolutely did. And I think it's so healthy to have these conversations because it's an easy thing to overlook because yeah. you see, you know, these yeah. people who are in the peak of their, you know, physical height, right. And they're doing incredible things with their body, but like mentally, there's also that element. And I think too, for a lot of people, I mean, for me personally, uh, I learned a lot about myself and life by playing sports. So for you, mm -hmm. when you take a look at rugby, what are some of those big life lessons that you learned from being dedicated to the game? Yeah, I think probably one of the biggest things is like dedicating myself to something. So like I said, I played the sport for over 15 years and being able to dedicate yourself to something and pursuing a goal. I think that's been a huge life lesson for me is um, there's, there's this thing that I want to attain and how do I go about getting it and how do I dedicate myself to it so that throughout the process, I'm becoming the best version of myself. And I think I alluded to it earlier, um, within rugby, my goal was always to be the best player at every level that I hit. And you can't do that without having like micro goals and, a plan and working your way, like, how are you actually going to achieve that goal? Um, and so you have to break it down. And for me, that's, that's what I did. And um, yeah, the dedication piece was, was big. Um, I think another piece is, um, and I, I can't talk about this without talking about my university coach, Neil Langevin. Um, his coaching philosophy was like, how are you going to be a better rugby player, but also how are you going to be a better person? And so like every single day for five years in that program, it was, okay, I'm going to be a better rugby player, but I'm also, what am I doing in order to make myself a better person? And so I've 100% taken that lesson out of that program from an amazing man and have applied that to my life. And like every day I just try and I ask myself, like, what am I doing today to make myself better? And so I, yeah, those two things, there's so many more, but I'll maybe just stick with those two things. I, I want to continue on with the, with the goal aspect of things though, because you said that you, your goal is to be the best athlete that there was. You work now with uh, rugby Alberta. Is there a specific, is the goal now just to get people to fall in love with rugby or what is your goal now that you work for rugby Alberta? Yeah, so I'm the rugby development officer here in Edmonton in the northern regions, and that is my biggest goal is to bring people to this sport. So you guys have kind of heard like my story and what it's what the sport's done for me, and 
Um, I, I, I took a step away. I coached for a couple of years after I retired from international rugby down in Lethbridge. And then I took a step away and kind of took some time for myself. And I think I've gained a lot of perspective from it and I'm excited to be back in this role. And yeah, that is one of my biggest goals is like, I've seen, I felt how much rugby has affected my life in a positive way. And I've seen it in so many other people's lives. And I want to share that with other people and within the rugby community, I think everyone would agree, like rugby is such an, an inclusive sport. There's a position for everybody, especially in the 15s game. Like you could be any body size and you could have a position and play rugby, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. You don't see that in a lot of other sports. Um, so the fact that rugby is so inclusive is just such a huge draw. And the rugby culture is just another thing that is like bar none it's whenever you go to a rugby club whenever you go to a rugby game like you're just going to be welcomed by this amazing group of people who are will be excited to have you and they just want you to have such a great experience and it's exciting because like that's rugby alberta's philosophy is we want to give people the most amazing rugby experience possible and so yeah one of my biggest goals is to bring more people into this game who either haven't even heard about rugby or who have heard a little bit and they're like, well, I don't know about that game. Like maybe it's a little bit weird, kind of like my first experience with it, but how do we get over, how do we get over that barrier and get people into the game? And that's what I want to do is I want to bring people into this amazing game. This is the Why Me Project podcast. So we have to ask the question during your life. Was there any moment where you asked why me? And it could have been in a valley. It could have been in a mountaintop, but one of those moments where you just start questioning just where you're at at that moment first thing that popped into my head and I kind of mentioned it before but didn't go into detail but um the year leading into the Olympics um I had a, a pretty rough year so the year previous to that I had been named to the world seven series dream team so top seven athletes on the world stage in sevens um, it was my breakout year it was the best rugby that I've been playing was a year out from the Olympics um, and I was so pumped. I was so excited for the year leading into the Olympics, playing my best rugby, fittest I'd ever been, um, and just couldn't wait for that next season. Um, but the preseason leading into, uh, so 2015, about September, I think, I ended up tearing my MCL on my left knee. Mm. Um, so that's anywhere from two to three, two to four months recovery. Uh, and like, I was just so gutted. I was I was, I knew I was going to miss our first tournament. Um, but again, kind of like that, that you have your, you have your pity party, you figure it out, you let it go, you start moving on. What's my next steps. My next step is to rehab. That's my main job. Um, that's what, I, that's what I have to do. I'm not playing rugby. My main job is to rehab and get into a position where I can get back onto the field. And so I switched my, my mindset and, um, I rehabbed, uh, February on the field was practicing with the team back into full contact, uh, did a really good job. I mean, our trainers were amazing and they helped me stay fit the whole time and figure everything out. And so um, we were just about to leave for Australia, which was our second World Series event that year. And we were just practicing. We're five days out from leaving, been named to the team and uh, just made a cut. I wasn't like, it wasn't anything special, made a cut unopposed and I tore my right ACL. Mm. And so that was six months before the Olympics. And, uh, yeah, again, like 
just completely gutted. And that's my like, once I figured out, once after the MRI, I figured out that it was completely torn. Um, my, that was my why me? Like, I'm not going to be able to go to the Olympics. An ACL injury is typically like nine months to a year for recovery. And I was six months out from the Olympics. And um, yeah, why me? Like, I've trained for so long, been on this team for so long. I, I was excited to go. I was playing the best rugby the year before. Like, why me? Why now? Um, but again, like, there was an opportunity and it was a couple of days after, but we ended up figuring out uh, a, reconstru- a knee reconstruction option. And I got what's called a Lars reconstruction. So I had a synthetic ACL and basically only athletes in my position, like older athlete, end of their career and a major event would get this type of reconstruction. And so I ticked all the boxes and uh, went down to Banff and got an amazing surgery by Dr. Mark Hurd. And, uh, the, the rest is history. Like I, I rehabbed, I recovered. My coach was amazing and trusted in me. And um, I got selected to the team and was able to go to the Olympics. Ultimately won the bronze medal. Yeah. And so do you, do you walk around it all the time? Like your flavor flavor? <laughs> well, I'm not like you, Johnny. So. <laughs> do you have it with that. you? I do just because I knew you guys were going to ask. It's amazing. Every time I've pulled it out in the last like couple of weeks, just being back with Rugby Alberta and kind of helping coach a few of the young kids and stuff. But uh, like everybody's reaction, 98% of people's reaction when they hold it is like, oh my gosh, that's so heavy. (laughs) So it's, you can like count on them saying it, but yeah, it's really neat. It's, it's amazing. And one of the really cool things about it, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but um, they have the event. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. So every medal was unique to each event. So. It's amazing to me the uh, the perseverance, the dedication, the hard work that uh, that you show that all of our Olympic athletes, uh, no matter the event, continues to show um, yeah. at Rugby uh, Alberta and at Rugby Canada. Ashley, we appreciate you taking some time to uh, share your story. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was great chatting with you guys. I'm telling you right now, if I had a medal of any kind, if you gave me an aluminium or a tin or a whatever, <laughs> I am walking around if I represented Canada. Uh, I know. I've always wished that I could have played at the Olympics, um, but I am an Olympic cheerer. So, you know, yeah. cheering for any sport. Olympics is that time where I literally watch everything. Everything. You break out your Canada mitts. I do. Even if it's the summer. summer. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thank you to Ashley. Uh, Just an incredible story. It's great that we're able to talk uh, rugby and rugby Canada and just learn a little more about a sport that we might not know a lot about. Yeah. Plus hear her life story when it comes to being an athlete and the road to the Olympics and what that takes and her why me moment. So you could download. uh, Here's what you got to do. Be an Olympic athlete and download our podcast. (laughs) Check it out on Spotify or google play or mm-hmm. apple podcast but you do it with olympic authority yes write us a five-star gold medal review yes give it 110 percent. oh yeah <laughs> you wear that podcast like it was a medal around your neck <laughs> you can also go to faithstrongtoday.com